Welcome to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. If you're ready for inspiration and tips to improve your life, hear what some of the fascinating minds of today have to say. Our hope is that you'll live your passion and inspire the world. And now, here is your host, Allison H. Larson. Good morning. Welcome to Spotlight, where we feature people who have transformed their lives and are now working to transform the lives of others. I'm so excited for today's show. We're going to be talking about frequency today and raising our frequency. And here's here's what I've learned in my life. Everything has a frequency. And I didn't used to understand this, but there's actually been scientific research. Our bodies have a frequency physically. Uh, and if you, if you are to look, there's something called the electromagnetic spectrum. Uh, emotions have a frequency. Uh, thoughts have a frequency. Scientists can actually measure our thought field now. Food has a frequency. Uh, there's so many things. Everything has a frequency. And it can either be a higher vibrational frequency or lower vibrational frequency. And when we live in this high vibrational frequency state, that's when we're healthy. That's when we're happy. I mean, just think about it. Have you ever been around somebody before where you felt totally drained and like you didn't have energy every time you're around that person? Or have you ever been in an environment or consistently in an environment where you feel drained and low on energy? Um, Those are environments and people that their thoughts or something that's going on in that environment is causing your frequency to actually lower in your body. So today we're going to talk about how to raise frequency. And I've brought special guests, Mark and Lynetta on. And Mark and Lynetta, are you there? All right. Yep, we're on. There you are. So good good to have you here. Good to have you here. So Mark and Lynetta, today we're going to... uh, I had you on today to especially talk about raising frequency. So as I do with all of my guests, I want to give you the opportunity to brag about yourself at the beginning of the show. So um, who wants to go first, Mark or Lynetta? Okay. So um, we're kind of warriors in life, Um, especially I'd say Lynetta, because Lynetta has gone through more difficult life situations than any woman I've ever met. And not only did she survive it, but she's turned each of those things that she's passed through into real gold so that she's actually empowered by her past instead of just not being burdened by it. And she's just become so totally remarkable because of that. Well, and you bring up a really good point, Mark, and that is this. A lot of times we have experiences in our life that could give us emotions or thoughts or feelings that might lower our frequency, but you bring up a really good point. The people who are really successful in life can take those negative experiences, they can learn from those, and uh, learn how to turn those into a high-frequency experience. So, um, Lynetta, I can't wait to hear about some of those experiences that you've had in your life. I know we've, we've talked about those before, and you and I have some commonalities and things that we've experienced. Uh, Mark, why don't you brag about yourself for a second here? Or are you going to have Lynetta do that? Um, I, I'm good at bragging. I can have that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so um, for me, um, both of us, I would say, had um, severe family challenges. We both had uh, difficult dads to deal with, to put it mildly. Mm-hmm. And both of us have also had, I'll call it, spiritual Slash religious struggles. Yeah. And for me, that involved eight years of studying after college in my own religion I grew up with, and then becoming ordained as a, as a rabbi and finding that still I hadn't learned real answers to the questions I had about life. And then studying the last 30 years and not really teaching until I felt I really had something to share, which is finally now. 
Yeah. Well, you know, and one of the reasons why I wanted you to come on for this show and raising vibrational frequencies, like I mentioned before, each of you have been through some experiences. And I think experiences that everyone that's listening can relate to in one way, shape, or form. And you bring up an interesting point about religion, and I know we're going to talk about this more extensively. I want to hear your story. We're going to talk about that in a minute, Lynetta. But here's the thing about religion. Religion is definitely something that is useful to raise people's frequency. I think every religion is based on love, but I think a lot of times we can get so in guilt when we're in religion and that really lowers our frequency. So it's learning how to shift out of guilt and into love in the religious setting that is going to raise our frequency. So I'm excited to hear your thoughts more on that in a little bit, Mark. But Lynetta, let's start with you. I want to want to hear your journey because you've been through some struggles I think everybody can relate to and maybe in in a greater struggle than some of us have had. But t- talk to us about your journey. Where did you start out as a little girl? Where did you grow up? And tell us a little bit about your childhood. Well, I was raised in L.A. Uh, in West Covina area. Mm-hmm. And when I was about five years old, my parents began studying with Jehovah's Witnesses. And they uh, eventually did baptize and raise me as a Jehovah's Witness. And those uh, beliefs, there were uh, some very good things about it, was that I found that my spiritual life was the most important thing in my world. And to find the truth, because the truth was very important. They wanted to to, um, really dive into the scriptures and find out what was true. So that gave me a yearning and a desire to seek truth. And uh, But on the other hand, there were the beliefs that I couldn't think for myself, that really I was just to adapt the beliefs that they were telling me that I had to believe, and uh, there wasn't much free thinking involved. Uh, so I started, as I was growing older, as a teen, I started questioning things and really measuring it up to what I was reading in the scriptures and seeing if it was in alignment and even tuning in and seeing if it was alignment in my heart. Mm-hmm. And it didn't match up after a while. I began to see that it wasn't in alignment with my truth which was quite different from being told what the truth is. Well, and let's let's talk about that for just a second, too, because something that really struck me, uh, there's a book by, I always want to say Napoleon Dynamite, but it's not Napoleon Dynamite, it's Napoleon Hill, Think and Grow Rich. He also wrote a book called Outwitting the Devil, which for those of you who haven't heard of this book, it's where Napoleon Hill actually claims to have had this uh, dream, this experience, this vision, where he's interviewing the devil. And one of my greatest oh, wow. takeaways from that book is during this interview, he's having with the devil, he asks the devil, what is your greatest enemy? And the devil says, my greatest enemy is a man who can think for himself. And so isn't that crazy? So what's so interesting about what you're saying is you felt like growing up, like you weren't able to think for yourself or, you know, and maybe it's not even that necessarily is what the religion teaches, but for whatever reason, you felt like you were being told how to think and what to do. And then listening to your journey, it seems like as a teenager, you started to think for yourself, hmm, what do I think? What do I feel? And do these things align? Do these things line up with what I think or what I feel? And what I'm hearing from you is that you actually, as you thought about what your opinion was and your feelings, where you noticed a discrepancy between what 
truths you were being told and what truths you felt internally. Is that correct? Yes, yes. You're really nailing it. Thank you. <laughs> so what what were those and how did how did those not line up for you? And then having realized that, what did you do? Well, what really I looked at is there is a scripture about look at the fruits of my people, and you'll see them and you'll know them by the fruits, which mm-hmm. are their actions. Yeah. So I was looking at the actions of the people, and it didn't feel very loving what I was seeing and experiencing and how they were treating people and even shunning them, which is what actually eventually happened with me is I was shunned um, several times because I yeah. tried to go back. And, uh, and so, so, so what do you mean by going back? Not a very loving act. Well, what do you mean by going back? So did you leave at one point or what? I did. I eventually, um, I, I married outside of the religion and I actually slept with a man before I got married, which is caused to be shunned. Um, so I was shunned, and then it took me about a year to get back into the religion. Uh, that means going to the meetings, and nobody talks to you, and you just keep going, and then you have a, an elders meeting, and they make a decision then mm-hmm. to reinstate you or not. Okay. So and, I and uh, how, how was that? How was that? Back several times. Uh-huh. How mm-hmm. was that for you? So you, you left. You were shunned, and then you had to come back and have a meeting with elders, or how did that work? Yeah. So they what they do is they pray and they make a decision based on the what they say is the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. that gives them the answer whether they should reinstate me. And at one point, I was involved with. Uh, I was addicted to drugs. And I lied once to get reinstated, and three months later, after they reinstated me, I felt so guilty that I admitted that I had lied. But I thought about it. What Does that mean that the Holy Spirit made a mistake in reinstating me, or was that human error? Mm, interesting. And I brought that up to them later when they tried to come back and ask me to, to come back again, and I said, wait a minute, I'm not clear on this. Did you did you get an answer from the Holy Spirit that you should reinstate me, or was that human error? And they said that was human error. And I said, okay, well, if that was human error, then is it possible when I was disfellowshipped, or sh- what they call it disfellowshipping, when I was disfellowshipped in the first place, that could have been human error, too. And they didn't say anything. And to me, that was the final straw. I knew from that point that they didn't have the truth, as they claim. Hmm. So what did you do at that point? I mean, you had obviously been raised as a Jehovah's Witness. I can imagine that your family and a lot of your friends were uh, believers in this religion. Uh, Was that hard to walk away and to to leave that? Oh, my gosh. This is all of my family that I knew, because the family that weren't witnesses, we had estranged ourselves. You know, we weren't even Mm -hmm. speaking to them um, anymore. They get—it's such a uh, protected environment. You're only allowed to associate with other witnesses. So I didn't have friends outside of the organization. I didn't have family, and I didn't have a, a financial Uh, security underneath me because we're encouraged as young women to marry and go out door to door and that's our main 
career. So you, you're not encouraged to go to college, and I didn't have that under mm-hmm. me. But I did have a cousin that I hadn't spoken to in 20 years that I asked if he'd help me, and I moved down to San Jose, and he helped me really establish myself um, financially. Wow. I, uh, you know, that, wow. (laughs) I'm just thinking of myself in your shoes, um, having been told one thing your whole life, um, coming to the determination that you didn't believe that that was true, leaving your whole culture, family, friends, um, after having really not ever been taught to to live on your own or to be able to get a living. So uh, thank goodness for that cousin. How did you feel when you left? Did you ever have any regrets? Like, oh, you know, I, I wish oh, I hadn't. Oh, yes. Many times I mm-hmm. thought, well, what if I just get reinstated at least so I could talk to my family? But I would have to go back and lie and say that I believed what they were teaching but on the other hand, though, I didn't, I, I didn't have my relationship with my cousins that I was grown up with. Mm-hmm. I didn't have uh, any communication with them anymore. And my heart, I just so yearned to be with my family again. There, it, it was really challenging to, to have any other belief beside that either because my antenna was up for if... You know, even if I heard other beliefs that I could take on, I wasn't sure if it was true because everything I had known all my life, I was told was true. Yeah. Wow. And and to come to that realization that, you know, you (laughs) that it's not true for you. What an incredible story. So walk us through how you ended up from leaving your religion going out with a a cousin who's helping you because you don't know, you've never been taught how to be independent to where you are today, which is helping other people raise their frequency and teaching them to find their highest and greatest truth. Well, um, I'll share with you, I found a spiritual teacher that really helped me to get that everything was internal. I needed to go inward to find the answers. And she guided me to feel to feel into things, to feel if this is true or not for me, to, to really dive inward, which is something that was really foreign to me, but it felt so good. I could feel my energy rise. I felt joy. I felt happiness. Uh, I felt this deep connection with the divine that I had never experienced before. And it was all by tuning inward and listening to that inner guidance, which was absolutely amazing. (laughs) Well, you know, one of the things I wrote the book, Soul Intuition, and one of the things I always teach people is that you have your own divine blueprint for happiness and success. And if you try and look outside of yourself to find answers, you're never going to fully reach your potential because everybody has a different design. We are not all designed the same. There is no one-size-fits-all answer. So I love what you're saying about looking inside to tune in for that frequency. And uh, I want to share something. Recently, my my friend Veronica Rosenfeld, who is also uh, helping me along with my journey and, and does uh, energy work and life design work for me, 
she had a great suggestion that she shared from stage with an audience the other day about learning how to tune in, listen to your intuition, and live a high-frequency life. And it's a very simple exercise that I just want to share before we go to break. Then when we come back from break, Mark, I want to hear about your story and your journey as well. Um, But this very simple exercise, for those of you who are listening, you can participate along with me or you can do it later. Um, And Mark and Lynette, why don't you try this out too? And then after break, I'd like to hear how how you did with this. But it's very simple. When I say close your eyes, I want you to close your eyes, and then I'm going to say yes, 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 and I want you to say that out loud with me. So together, when I say begin, we're going to say the word yes three times together, and then I'm going to pause, and I just want you to pay attention to how you feel in your gut, in your in your heart. And then we're going to do that same thing with the word no, and you're going to pause and see how you feel in your gut and your heart. And the reason why we close our eyes is to close out or tune out any external distractions. So let's try this together. Everybody close your eyes, whether you're listening, whether you're on Facebook, uh, Mark and Lynetta, you're going to do this too. Close your eyes. And on the count of three together, and I want you to say this out loud, we're going to say yes three times. Ready? One, two, three. Yes. 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 Now just pay attention to that feeling. All right, now let's do that with no on the count of three. One, two, three. No. 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 Now pay attention to that feeling. And again, you may have to do it a couple of times, but for me, when I say yes and listen to that feeling, it's this high vibrational frequency that sits like right in my heart. When I say no, it kind of sinks down to my gut and I get this bad feeling right in my gut. This is part of listening to your internal truth and using your intuition. When you have a choice in life, when you have a decision to make and you're trying to decide which way to move forward, just use this yes, 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 no, 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 meaning that if you get that high vibrational frequency like you did when you said yes three times, that's good. It's a positive. You should move forward with that decision. If you get that gut sinking feeling like you got after saying no three times, then don't move forward with that decision. That's your internal uh, truth compass telling you which way to go. All right, it's time for a commercial break. When we get back, more with Mark and Lynetta. Try that exercise a few times during break, and we'll hear Mark's story when we get back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Listen for In the Limelight with Clarissa Burt, international media celebrity, supermodel, and renowned beauty and lifestyle expert, as well as founder and CEO of Envelop Her, multimedia platform for women and sought-after inspirational speaker on women's issues. You'll connect with Clarissa's super influencer celebrity friends and experts as they speak about health, wealth, beauty, lifestyle, business, the love of giving, and the love of living a model life. Tune in every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from QVC and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to The Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time and 3 p.m. Eastern Time for The Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. 
Are you ready for provocative discussions with some of today's most powerful movers and shakers? Tune in to The Art of Significance, featuring Dan Clark, the modern-day Napoleon Hill, who interviews the wealthiest, most successful celebrities and business leaders on the planet who are using their influence to change the world. From authors to entertainers, sports figures, educators to military leaders, Dan covers multiple topics. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Welcome back. Uh, So excited to have Mark and Lynetta on the show today. Uh, Mark and Lynetta have been through quite the journey. I invited them on the show today to share their experience and their journey to get to a point where they were able to find their own truths and raise their frequency. So we just heard Lynetta's story. Lynetta grew up in the Jehovah Witness religion, um, found at one point she was uh, disfellowshipped and found that her truth did not align with some of the truths that were uh, going on for her in that religion. So she was courageous enough to leave, was shunned by her family, her friends, her church, uh, but found solace in other family members, extended family members that were able to help her. So Lynetta, thank you for your bravery, for sharing your story. Mark, let's hear a little bit about your, your journey and your story, because I know you didn't just wake up one day and say, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to help people raise their frequency. Um, what What is your journey? Uh, you mentioned at one time you were a rabbi or studying to be a rabbi. Yeah. Um, you know, it's funny. It actually starts earlier in my life. Like, I can remember as a kid, almost looking all the way forward in my life and saying, what do I want my life to be about? I remember mm-hmm. this in my teen years, even doing that. So it's kind of like the journey even started before... Uh, my uh, getting into my Jewish roots uh, after college. But uh, basically, I grew up Jewish, but it was not very significant in my family. It was Reformed Judaism. But then through college and then after college, I decided I really wanted to know, like, you know, answer the big questions. Who are we? Why are we here? Mm-hmm. Like, that was just hounding me. And that's, that, those questions have been in the back of my mind and Lynetta's basically for our entire lives. Mm-hmm. So since I was Jewish, I decided to delve into that and see if I could get my answers. And after college, I actually studied for eight years, a total of six different schools in L.A., Jerusalem, and then finally New York. And I actually got ordained as a rabbi. But I actually felt by the time I graduated that I still had not gotten my answers. Wow, so, so you had gone through quite a... As a rabbi, because I just couldn't fully mm-hmm. represent it as a you know, leader of the religion. So after this huge, long spiritual journey that took you from L.A. to Jerusalem to New York, you felt like you still didn't have answers to those basic questions. Yeah, nothing good enough that was really soul-satisfying. So what did you do at that point? (laughs) You just spent all this time studying to become a rabbi, and you're like, okay, I can't teach this because I still don't have the answers I'm looking for, so what next? Yeah, so basically for the next 30 years, I just... I actually did live in Jewish religious communities, Mm -hmm. 
and um, had a family, raised a son. He's 18 now. Yeah. And, um, but I kept searching for the answers. And there were certain um, areas that actually turned out, Lynette and I have this in common, that we both studied before we even met, that really started to inform our spirituality, our outlook on, to answer those questions. Mm -hmm. And one of those genres was near-death experiences. Okay. Both of us studied those and felt like that really gave us some insights into what we're all about. And it really helped starting to discard the whole judgment of God idea. That, well, and if this mm-hmm. is, you know, throughout all the Western religions, it's not just Judaism, no. Christianity, mm-hmm. it's Islam, and all the offshoots, Jehovah's Witness, which is just another offshoot. You basically have a God that's deciding what's right and wrong, and nobody's good enough to always do right, so basically we're always, quote, in sin or any of those varieties. Mm-hmm. And... Um, even though Judaism has a lot of really wonderful things, and we actually just came back from celebrating Passover with a Jewish group in the desert, you know, and that's very different Judaism from from the ones that I lived in. But um, there wasn't, um, like, a real peace and love from from the Judaism that I had gotten. So near-death experiences was very important to my development, and then the most important thing, about 15 years ago, two different people told me to read a series of books. And any time somebody, I hear the same thing at least twice, I pay attention. So, um, and, and the books they told me to read were from Dr. Michael Newton, Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. Mm-hmm. And at a certain level, I could say it became my new Bible, because... Those books talk about everything that the soul experiences after we leave the life until we reincarnate into our next life. Mm-hmm. And the picture it paints is just so beautiful, like completely at peace. There's no judgment, no judging God. It's like all souls are basically fully in love and fully in support. And it also deals a lot with how we ourselves choose what we're going to experience in the next incarnation, literally what family relationships we're going to have, to some extent how we're going to treat each other, even some of the hardships, the difficult things that go on in the world, we actually as souls choose those intentionally. Well, you know, and I found mm-hmm. that perspective very helpful uh, mm-hmm. because that helped me deal with the difficult childhood I had as as it did Lynetta. Yeah, well, and that sounds like a beautiful, beautiful in theory. I'm going to play the devil's advocate here for a moment, and and of course I want to hear your more of your thoughts on religion versus spirituality, and I have so many sure. things to share with that, but, but there are some people that would say, well, that sounds great, but what about moral relativism, and what about having, is, isn't it good to have a set of standards, of laws, of commandments, of, you know, feeling like you uh, have a supreme being and you're working towards something and of course that's going to make you not feel good enough what are your what are your responses to all of those yeah that that allison is the question the challenge so Mm -hmm. you're right on in asking that one and here's how i would respond to that um and this actually is what i got from the near-death experiences you know there there are like thousands of these stories and they're even scientists who have had their own, who have studied them. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that goes on in these near-death experiences is people will sometimes have a life review. We'll, we're, they will see things they did in life, mm-hmm. and they won't just see what they did, 
but they will, let's say they yelled at somebody. Yeah. They'll see themselves yelling, and then in this near-death experience, they'll actually feel what the other person felt. Oh, wow. So that that's the ultimate sense of um, compassion or empathy, or I, I don't know what you what you would call it, but they, they would they would have an out-of-body experience where they would feel what the other person felt. Very interesting. Okay, continue. Right. And what's interesting is, this is usually a guided experience. There's some kind Mm -hmm. of spiritual being present. You can call them a spirit guide, an angel, whatever you call them, doesn't really matter. And they feel complete love from that being while they're re-experiencing what they did, but they're getting it from both sides. Mm -hmm. And not only will they see what they did and feel what the other person did, felt, but then they might actually see that that person then went home and, like, kicked the dog and yelled at their son and mm-hmm. was mean to their wife. You know, it's like they can literally see the ripple effect even from that action, wow. just yelling at somebody. But here's what's key. The people themselves, when they get the impact of their mm-hmm. actions, mm-hmm. they say to themselves, you know what? Now that I get the impact of my actions, I don't want to be that person anymore. Mm. So they come back from their near-death experience, and they're changed. I mean, across the line, you know, people are just radically changed often from a near-death experience because they get the impact of their actions. And I literally think that's the way God or spirit, whatever you want to call it, has set up this world. Instead of having an external source, an external being, God in the Western view, whatever you want to call it, dictating what's right and wrong. And I get the fear that people have if you don't have that system, but I think it's been set up so we are, so to speak, the ultimate judge, even though we don't use that word. But it's like when we get the impact, it's it's like we're Mm self-correcting, and that's the way it's designed to be. Then there's no judgment, there's no guilt, there's no shame. All that stuff goes away. And it's like, it's part of the human package. So I guess... Yeah, we do things that we're not proud of. When we look back and say, wow, I can't believe I did that. You know, I'm sorry I did that. But it's like, we're, we're designed into this system for it to work that way. And then for us to correct ourselves. So I'm totally at peace with that whole, you know, moral relativism, because I think it's just awesome the way I see it as designed. Well, and I think, I guess the question is, is how do you create that in your life without having a near-death experience? And I wanted to share something. I wrote an article about this a while ago, and I, I think people can find this through religion or without religion. It just depends on your perspective and how you are checking yourself. As we know, Christianity follows or has 10 commandments. And the first commandment is to love the Lord thy God. And the second commandment is like unto it, love thy neighbor as thyself. And what's always really bothered me is the judgment aspect. And when people get over into that judgment aspect where they think they're better than somebody or they aren't loving somebody, that's always really bothered me. But the article I wrote was this, and and it has to do with religion um, specifically, but I think it could could do for anything in life or spirituality or whatever you want to call it. And that is, if you do adhere to Christianity, if you've ever studied Christianity, you would know that Christ in the Bible is often called the Good Shepherd, and he refers to himself as a shepherd and his followers as his flock. And today's there are two kinds of sheep herds. If you go to these these countries where they, they herd sheep, there's 
sheep herds that use a shepherd. And the sheep follow the shepherd out of love because they love him. He loves them. He cares for them. And they love their shepherd. And so when he calls, they come. Where he goes, they follow because they love him. Now, the other kind of sheep herd, they use sheep dogs and four-wheelers, and they round these sheep up quite similar to the way that they round up cattle. And what they do is they scare the sheep into going the direction they want them to go. Now, in both in both sheep wow. herds, the sheep still get to where they're supposed to. I'm doing air quotes, supposed to go. But in the sheep herd where they love the shepherd, they're doing it out of love. Love is their motivation. In the sheep herd that they're being scared into going that direction, fear is the motivation. Now, I have found myself in my life being motivated by guilt and fear. And what ends up happening is that you feel ashamed if you don't do something right. And you, if, you, if you are going to do something, you're doing it out of guilt and fear. And that is not a high vibrational frequency life, very low vibrational frequency. People that live in that frequency, they get sick a lot. They feel judged a lot. They deal with depression and negative emotions. Now, if you are doing what you do in your life, if you're living the way you live uh, out of love, out of love for yourself, out of love for others, out of love for your divine being, if you believe in that, then you are living a high frequency life. Love is the highest frequency. And if you can love yourself and other people, that's the way to live. And you may still be in the same place. You may still be doing the same things. But one is a very high frequency motivated from love and one's very low frequency motivated by guilt. So my question to everybody listening is which sheep herd are you in and which sheep herd do you want to be in? So I I loved your analogy and I think you're so spot on. And what you said about the near-death experiences is those people wake up and they realize it's not about them. And the thing is, is if you're living in guilt and fear, it's all about you. What am I doing right? What am I doing wrong? What am I going to do wrong next? If you're living in love, you can love yourself and all those around you. So here's a question for you, Mark and Lynetta. What is the difference between being religious and being spiritual and which do you consider yourself and why? (laughs) <laughs> By the way, thank you for the shepherd analogy. That was fabulous. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> I haven't heard that before. You're welcome. I, I would say being religious to me is following, following the shepherd, and it's more out of obligation. Mm-hmm. My spirituality is following the shepherd out of love, and that's coming from my heart and from pure, just pure love. So for you, you found that um, in order to truly love yourself and not feel judged and be able to move into that space of love, you found that outside of your religion. Uh, Mark, what about you? Um, You know, at at one point, I'd say going back about five, ten years, I I decided I just needed to wash my hands from the whole religion thing. Like, I just couldn't see any way to save it. Mm -hmm. And ironically, Lynetta has brought me back to reconnecting with my Judaism Mm -hmm. and being somewhat involved. So so I wouldn't necessarily contrast them. There are definitely some religious people that I would also call spiritual. Um, But religion, I would say, comes back to, at least Western religion, an external standard as Mm -hmm. opposed to spirituality, which is more tuning into our inner nature, our inner guidance. Mm -hmm. And also, um, spirituality 
in, in its best form, connects us with literally every human being, every creature, like the entire universe, basically. Whereas all religions, to some extent, there's those of us in the religion and those of us not in the religion. And to some extent, it creates divisions. Well, and I think it, now, it all has to come, it all comes down to your why, too. Why are you participating in this religion? Is it because you want to grow in love and you feel like uh, the, the religion is allowing you to do that? Or is the why that you're in the religion because everybody else is in it and you'll feel bad if you don't and other people want you to be doing this? I mean, I think it really does come down to that why. And I think there are people in religion that can say, hey, I want to continue to be religious. I want to continue to practice my religion, but I just need to shift my why a little bit. And there are some people that say, hey, you know, religion, not really for me, or this religion is not really for me. It's not helping me, and I'm going to need to uh, step back for a little bit. Um, so, you know, I think it can. I think it can definitely go both ways. I think in the end, what we're all trying to do is to find greater love, find a way to be able to serve people, and we're all seeking truth along our journey. And I think everybody's truth can be a little bit different and where they find that truth. And when it comes down to it, we can all acknowledge that within each other. Well, Mark and Lynetta will be back after this commercial break with more from you. And I know you have some tips for people to help them find their greater love, passion, peace, and purpose and raise their frequency. So stay tuned for those. We'll be right back. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral, and spread across the planet. But how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. If you want to join the ranks of the influencers, you've got to think like an influencer. How about joining one of the top influencers in the world, Leonard Kim, for Grow Your Influence Tree. Leonard and his guests discuss the topics that aspiring influencers need to know, from brand building to getting yourself published and growing your audience. There's a bunch of fun and even some twists involved to keep you on your toes. You just have to listen every Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers Channel. This is the Voice America Influencers Channel. Be inspired. You're tuned in to Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. 
To find out more about Allison and our program, please visit soulintuition.com. Again, that's soulintuition.com. Now back to Spotlight. Here is Allison H. Larson. Uh, so glad to have Mark and Lynetta joining us today. I'm learning so much, so many thoughts. I, probably my number one takeaway so far this show, it really, it really hit me when you talked about the near-death experiences and how people uh, had this journey with a spiritual guide of going back and, and being able to experience the things that they'd done in their lives that maybe were, you know, again, air quotes, wrong or um, not considered acts of love and how they were able to really uh, understand the feelings and ramifications um, when it came to the other person that would, you know, how that affected them when it came to their events. So uh, really, really powerful because it is really all about how we treat one another and living in love when it comes to raising the frequency on the planet. So Mark and Lynetta, I know you have some pretty powerful tips for learning how to raise the frequency in our own life. And I am I'm ready to hear those. And if you have a piece, a pen and piece of paper, get that out, get out your phone. You're definitely going to want to write these down. So um, go for it. I've got my pen and paper here. Sure. Now, do you want relationship tips or individual tips? Ooh, what does, what does our audience want? Somebody on Facebook type in here. Do you want relationships or individual tips? Um, and if nobody or types... Or we could get some of both. Yeah, I think some of both good. Let's start with the individual tips, though, because I think um, what happens, at least in my own life, is I need to be in alignment first before I can can work on my relationships. Yeah. I need to make sure that yeah. myself's working. So let's start right. with the individual tips. Right on. Okay, so there are a couple practices we have. Now, we we do this and actually did this before we even met individually, Um but, and then we do it in relationship also, which is like a thousand mm-hmm. times juicier. So you did it before you even knew each other. You did the same thing. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. cool. Okay, so tell us what you did. Yeah, so one, one of the tips is acknowledgement. Okay. And acknowledgement on the individual level is actually acknowledging our own greatness. Mm. And that's a huge challenge because we've been yes. taught both in secular society and religion not to toot our own not to be haughty, all these things we're told, not to be selfish. Absolutely. And actually acknowledging our greatness mm-hmm. raises our vibration. Mm-hmm. Because then from that place, we can really do the things, we can be the love in the world and be whatever we determine our purpose to be in the world when we fully acknowledge our greatness. You know, that's so interesting. There's an exercise that I do sometimes when I'm speaking in events to crowds of people. And one of the exercises I do among a variety of them is I have them stand across from somebody and look them in the eyes and tell them all the things that they love about themselves for one minute. And that is really hard for some people. I mean, really (laughs) hard. They're like mortified. They're like, I need to go to the bathroom. I got to leave real quick. And I mean, we do other things that are uncomfortable. But that one, for so many people to say what they love about themselves for one minute to acknowledge their own greatness, that is a real challenge. So I just I just have to second that that's that's a great thing to, to work on, but can be a challenge for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Now, you want, to, you want to talk about a way deeper challenge on that, yes. also an acknowledgement, yes. is acknowledging our darkness or Ooh. shadow. Ooh, I got the chills when like, I said that. <laughs> first of all, admitting to it all being there. Yeah. And not making it wrong. Hmm. And even being able to joke about it. And then 
to transform that into our greatness also. Wow. Now that's real heavy-duty stuff. Well, really dive into our Yeah. Dark. You know, as someone who's a, a recovering perfectionist and, you know, also, you know, has taught, been taught through my religion, as I think a lot of people have, to become perfect, to acknowledge your weaknesses and to say, hey, this is something I'm struggling with, that's, that's, that's even more challenging, I think, for me than acknowledging my strengths. Right. But it's not even to call it a weakness. Okay. See, the flip side is it's actually a strength. It's always huh, a judgment when somebody calls something a weakness yeah. or something wrong or something you need to change. So what we've done is we've totally discarded the perfect paradigm. In our world, there's literally no perfect. There's no way any human being is supposed to be, including us. So there's no gold standard for how I'm supposed to be or you're supposed to be or any of the listeners on this. It's all about how we determine we want to be. Mm -hmm. Who do we want to be in the world? That's the gold standard, if you will. Wow, that's powerful. So acknowledgement's the first tool. What's, what's the next tip? Well, mine, I found I was doing this before I met Mark. I started taking myself on what I call dream dates. I would start Ooh. at 10 in the morning, and I did this once a week for six months. I would take myself on a date... And, and go to places that I dreamed of going uh, with my beloved. And I would act just like I'm my own beloved all day long. So I would take myself to this spa. I would get a, a nice massage and hot tub. And then I would take myself to a restaurant that I really love to eat at. And I would just talk to myself just like I would want somebody who who really loved me and appreciated me to talk, I would say, Lynetta, I just think you're awesome. You're, you're beautiful. I, you know, everything that I'd ever want to hear from somebody else, you know, from, from a partner, that would go to, to myself from myself. So I was becoming my own beloved. And my date would go on all day long until late at night. So what I would suggest is try on spending one day a week where you'd really tune into what you love, mm -hmm. what makes you feel like you're truly treasured and nurtured and nourished, mm -hmm. and do those things for yourself as if somebody that you love is doing it for you. Yeah. Oh, that just sounds lovely. And, and that's really hard. I think a lot of the times we push ourselves, we have this negative self-talk, but I can totally see how this would help because whatever you want to attract, you need to become first. So I love the idea of you treating yourself and taking yourself to places where you want somebody in your relationship to take you. Yeah. Very, very powerful. All right. Loving these tips. We have time for more. Give, give me more. Give me more. <laughs> I'm, I'm, okay. I'm just eating this up. So, love the acknowledgement. Love the dream date. Okay. What else? Yeah. So after you've acknowledged your greatness and your darkness, your dark side, mm -hmm. like fully, well, okay. sorry, it doesn't have to be fully, but once you're in process of that, mm -hmm. the best thing to do is get in partnership with someone who's doing the same thing. Mm. Because when you have a partner and you're both doing your internal work and you're committed to it, and then you have somebody who just absolutely loves you loves the fact that they're embracing all of themselves, just like you're embracing all of yourself. They fully want to support you. 
They want you to be all of you, and they want to join you in the journey and love all of you, even those places we sometimes have a little difficulty accepting in ourselves. It is gold. Wow. Well, I love that. So here's a question for you, and this is something that I think a lot of people that grew up very religious were taught to be very selfless and think of other people all the time. My problem that I get into in some of my relationships sometimes, I'm not just talking about romantic relationships, I'm talking about any kind of relationship, is that I tend to think, well, I got to forget about myself. I just have to serve them, whatever they want, whatever they need. I need to forget about what I want. I need to forget about what I need. And what ends up happening is sometimes I find myself in a relationship, and it's not really the other person's fault, but it's a complete imbalance. I feel like I'm giving, 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 and I'm not receiving, and my bucket gets drained really quickly. So do you have any tips or pieces of advice? For people yeah, like me who struggle with selflessness, don't do it. Stop. That's your piece of advice. Stop. Okay, everybody listening. If you do that, stop. Okay, so how do you get out of that mindset, though? Yeah, just so you know, that has also been Lynetta's and my way of being for most of our earlier lives also, mm-hmm. is giving ourselves away like supposed to be all in service and yeah. help others. And, you know, in fact, I would have said, you know, just give me some crumbs that I could survive on in my life and I'll take care of everybody else, like to put it kind of in, in the extreme. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, so there's two pieces to that. One is, again, going to the spiritual level of we're here to create whatever we want. Mm-hmm. There is no God-given standard, at least in our world now, mm-hmm. of what we're supposed to do for others versus okay. ourselves. So yeah. the whole selfish paradigm you mentioned that a lot of us get from either religion or society or our families, you know, that's just a creation, like all the other creations on this planet. Mm-hmm. So first I'd say to intellectually discard the whole selfish notion and say there really is no such thing. It's up to me to determine what I want to give myself okay, and how much of myself do I want to offer others. Then on the practical level, on the energetic level, it's really allowing your intuition, your knowing, your heart, to say, you know what, I need some time for myself. And yeah, this person may be asking for something that would be great and may forward the world's, you know, spirituality more, but I just need some private time. Hmm. I need to spend time with my family. I need to go out in nature to a forest, whatever it is. So it's really tuning in to your own knowing about what you need and not having any judgment that you shouldn't be giving that much to yourself. Well, that's interesting. Something that you that you're talking about aligns with something that I've always thought was really wise. It was something the Dalai Lama said. Somebody asked him one time, when you have a really busy day, when you have a lot on your plate, what do you do to prepare for that day? And he said, well, thought for a minute. And he said, I meditate two hours instead of one. And to me, that resonated true, even though logically I thought, well, you know, how and why does that make sense? But what I've come to learn, and I think this goes right along with what you're saying, is if we don't give that time to ourselves just to be still, to think, and to receive, we really aren't using our full potential, our full brain power. We aren't in that state of alignment. 
And so we don't get the ideas that we would have received. We don't have the focus we would have had um, if we're just give, 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 give instead of meditating, taking that time for ourselves and um, and giving ourselves the love that we need. So I really appreciate what you've said. You've given us some great tips. Thank you for sharing your journey with us today. I'm sure there's people listening that want to know how they can get a hold of you, how they can hear more from you. So how can how can we get a hold of you? So first thing I would recommend is to go to our website, which is Mark and Lynetta with an A at the end, dot com. And right on the top of the website, first line, they can sign up to get our daily emails. We write new, fresh emails about this whole soul journey and raising your vibration and love and relationships and healing. Every day, we send out fresh emails. And we also have on the, uh, towards the bottom of our homepage the ability to just chat with us. If somebody would like to just have a 30-minute conversation about what's going on in your life, and how maybe we can support each other in working towards whatever goals you'd like to create for yourself, then sign up for a discovery session. And there's a resource page that gives you the books that we listed, Mm -hmm. the near-death experiences and destiny of souls and journey of souls, and some videos that are very helpful in this area. Yeah, so check out the uh, resource page on markandlinetta.com. And then also we have a Mark and Lynetta fan page as well, so please go to our fan page because we post a lot there as well and communicate with us as well. Well, thank you so much, Mark and Lynetta, for sharing your journey with us, for taking the experiences, the difficult experiences you had uh, growing up and throughout your years of experience in life and turning those into lessons that we can all learn from. Really appreciate you being here. I would encourage everybody listening that has felt inspired and encouraged by Mark and Lynetta to visit their page, uh, markandlynetta.com. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Right. Well, I'm Allison H. Larson. And until next week, when we'll have more guests on that have transformed their lives and are working to transform the lives of others, have a high frequency and wonderful week. Thank you for making us a part of your week. Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show, can be heard live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Now, go make a difference and be sure to tune in again for the next show.